0: Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation.
1: Oh, I have the schematics for the C right here. You, oh,
0: we're back we're, Oh, okay we're back. Back, I mean, the there, yes. we're back back to the future
1: Yes Back to the future
0: Alright I'm ready to follow your lead, sir <laughs> Welcome to another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy Where we have a casual and informal uh, Discussion about Star Trek The Next Generation I'm uh, joined by my Friend and colleague, the doctor. Hello, doctor. Hello, hello. Today's episode, one we've been very uh, excited about doing and kind of looking forward to, is uh, yesterday's Enterprise. Today. Let them remember the name. <laughs> let history never forget the name. The name. Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> so good. So, episode summary. Uh, routine, <laughs> routine <laughs> situation. All of a sudden, a whoosh occurs, and everything's different, and including the uniforms and even the the mood of the Enterprise. And uh, the only person who seems to notice is uh, Guinan, and she's she has, uh, interestingly, she has memories of both timelines, but she thinks this one is wrong. There's just something inherently wrong with it. And the reason this happens is because uh, the Enterprise C comes through an anomaly, uh, a a rift or a temporal distortion of some kind, and by leaving its place in time and coming to the future, it alters the history of the Enterprise D, and so we see that instead of a mostly peaceful uh, exploration, the Enterprise is the uh, lead flagship in an army in an armed conflict against that's been going on with the Klingons for like the past sixty or so years, right? Isn't it a long time, right? Like fif- maybe forty or fifty years. Anyways, uh, the Enterprise C is pretty damaged, uh, damaged, and uh, initially the thought is to integrate the crew into modern times, but then it becomes apparent as uh, Guinan protests that maybe the solution is in fact to send the Enterprise-C back to its time even if it means the destruction of the Enterprise-C and of course in a, in a very heartfelt, touching Starfleet manner, the crew of the Enterprise-C agree 100% that if it could change this dismal future in which the Federation is losing is fighting a losing war with the Klingons that they would be glad to uh, give their lives. One of the side effects of the time change is that Tasha Yar never died. She never died on uh, the mission with... Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Anyways, you know, the slimy guy who kills yeah, her. Yeah, not like the, oil, the, oil, <laughs> the, oil, the oil slick that kills right, her. Right, yeah. And uh, since that never happened, she's been happily serving, well, you know, during wartime, but she's been serving on board the Enterprise. And Gaiden freaks out just the fact that she's there, even though they never really, I don't think they ever really met. No, they never did. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it turns out that even Tasha feels something of this and decides that she wants to go back with the crew because, of course, she falls in love with their first officer. (laughs) Castillo. Yeah, Castillo. So she she decides to go back, Um, but as they're about to send the Enterprise through the rift uh, back to their time, the Enterprise-C back to their time, they become under attack by a group of Klingon uh, warships. And so um, uh, Captain Garrett... Uh, who, who's uh, the captain of the Enterprise-C, is killed. And so now Tasha has to step in. And Oh, sorry. Well, Tasha wasn't originally going to go back. I did the summary wrong, Doctor. Great. <laughs> but now she steps in. Well, you backtracked in. a little. You, yeah, you got it. A little bit, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. well, yeah, well, I mean, we get it. She they, then decides. Yeah, Castillo but, takes goes, over. Ta- over. Tasha goes with him. Right. Uh, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Everything's restored. Uh, and there's a, a different memory that Guinan retains of Tasha's uh, uh, death, her more heroic death. So, and then uh, and then
1: she, the episode ends with Guinan asking, of all, uh, interestingly, off of of all people, uh, LaForge,
0: tell me about Tasha Yar.
1: Right, and that's I think is the last epi- the last line
0: it's line of the episode. the episode. Yeah. All right. So now that we got through our summary. Let's just talk about it. This is one of my favorite all-time this is, <laughs> episodes. let me just get right to the rating. This is a ten, by the way. <laughs> yes, this, this episode is a ten. This is a no, ten. No waiting till the end on this one. Right. This is a uh, ten. So ten point five, what do possibly. What is it about this? What? Do you, what do you love about this episode? This Why episode, is it such a great episode?
1: Um, I alluded to in a in a in an off-camera conversation with you uh, earlier in the week. Yeah, this is the first episode that really rewards longtime viewers yeah. of not only Next Generation but just Star Trek in general. I think up until now, for the most part, uh, the episodes of Next Generation have been you know self-contained. Uh, you have small uh, connectivity between the episodes, you know, lines of connectivity. But overall, if you started. Uh, whether you started with the first episode of Star Trek, Encounter at Farpoint, or you started with the fifth episode of the second season, or whatever, you can pretty much catch up fairly easily, and there's nothing too challenging for you uh, moving forward. This episode, if you haven't been watching from episode one, then I think you're You might be a little lost.
0: And actually, going back to your statement about rewarding longtime fans, the Enterprise-C itself is a reward because it fills in kind of like the missing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, uh, and we get more of it with the Enterprise-B. But, like, basically now with the Enterprise-C, we had a little bit more of the story, the grander story. The legacy of the Enterprise. The legacy of the Enterprise and what happened between the A and the D,
1: Right, because you know. up until this point, we only knew about the original, the A, and then the D, but we knew nothing of
0: the B and the C. The B and, the C. and, of course, we get a wonderful uh, introduction to the B in Generations. Um, also with Guinan. Also with Guinan. Also with Guinan, it's true. Another uh, Guinan-centric uh, experience there. But, yeah, it's it's a really... Hmm... Is Gaiden, a Time Lord Doctor. Oh wow, we're just getting right to it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> right. Boom. What is? Yeah, because like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on uh, with Gaiden and her penchant for uh, fancy dress. Uh, she seems to be impervious to changes in temporal, you know, in the temporal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: which, which is something that on Doctor Who. Now, okay, this <laughs> this episode of Starfleet <laughs> Boy will be only rewarding if you <laughs> if you're a fan of Doctor Who and Star Trek, um, <laughs> which this, I hope many of you, you know are. Some of you are, yes. Uh, certainly, I think the best example of it would be um, uh, City of Death, where we see both the Fourth Doctor and Romana aware of of you know tremors in the time stream. Um, I mean, the Doctor is clearly able to navigate, okay, what should be happening and what should not be happening wherever he's you know, whatever planet he's on and, and whatever changes are going about. So Guinan, which we're whom we're seeing right here on the screen, certainly demonstrates aspects of a time sensitive race such as the Time Lords. Um, now, of course, her race is the El Allurians. Whom the Allurians. The yeah. El-orians, El-orians, yeah. we, El uh,
0: It's, I think, El Orians. Like El Okay. Yeah.
1: Now, is everyone in her race as time sensitive as she is? That's a good question. The only other example of, of a member of her race whom we have seen is, of course, Soren whom we've had interactions with really, um, not didn't really get a very good sense of, of him being as uh, let's say gifted to oh excuse me to the we, changes in the time stream or whatever. Day. That's right. So so right. it's it's difficult to say, but certainly on, on next generation.
0: But Soren's but obsessed with the Nexus and I think that's perhaps we don't really get to know Soren as well as Genesis. Right, that's I think my point. We're it's, gonna have to we're gonna have to assume just based on Gaynan that they're
1: all like this. I mean somebody makes the uh, it, yeah. somebody may at some point somebody describes her race as a race of listeners. Right. I think she, doesn't she does she describe herself it as that? Describe I think her? she
0: herself describes it that way, yeah.
1: Okay. So obviously a race of listeners could I mean you could say uh, if a race is, is, you know, the race like the Time words where you know, in theory, they go around the universe at well, their best, that they're listening of, and observing, yeah. never, in, never, <laughs> unless you're the Doctor or the Master, never interfering, but always watching and always listening, um, observing. in observing. Other words. And listening
0: is listening is a form of observation. Of observation. So, so it's a very so. nice tie in there,
1: right? Um, I think she's a very enigmatic character, and. Uh, and I really think that her her presence in the episode really takes it to a a, a, a great great level in the sense that um, you know you're 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 very you're very fascinated by by this character the way whoopi Goldberg plays her I mean it's just uh She's so... And of course, you as the audience know she's right. But to everybody else, she might be appearing a bit nutty, right? Uh, right. But she is so steadfast and so emphatic that the enter- that everything is different. And, uh, and here we see the bridge, uh, as, you, as you alluded in your summary. Uh, many changes occur. And one of them is is uh, cosmetic changes, such as this, such as. I'm particularly
0: um, <laughs> fond of the raised captain's chair with the steps. <laughs> the whole, I, what I love about this episode is they went all out; like they redesigned the uniforms a little bit the bridge i mean it's just a, like for example something one might not notice but the collar uh is closed all the way so i don't know if you notice that on the uniforms mm-hmm. um and then they have that belt the utility belt which is pretty awesome too um i don't know about the one on the guy in the security back there that one's a little not so awesome but the one picard's wearing is i love it i love the design um Look how dark the bridge is, and they right. they have the the blue, um, you know, the blue uh, uh, kind of ambient lighting in the background, and just the scene here in particular is lit so beautifully. But, anyways, I loved seeing this like alternate timeline because they paid really. I feel like the 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 production paid really close attention to. Well, okay, what would it be like if we if if in fact for the last like sixty some odd years the Federation was at war with the Klingons, Uh, how would technology have developed, et cetera, et cetera. And I would argue that this episode is actually a primer in our minds and in our consciousness to be able to accept what happens in, uh, the, the, the Kelvin star Trek, because the same thing basically happens to that, those people. Spock says it like as soon as, the the Narada comes through the the anomaly. It change, and Spock as well. It changes the course of everything, mm-hmm. and that's basically what the Enterprise C here is doing by coming by being removed from its time and coming into the future. It's the opposite direction in this case. Um, they're altering um, the the way things would have occurred, and so it's just a brilliant thing. This is an alternate timeline. This is not the prime timeline. So this is our first hint. We could call it the Enterprise-C timeline, you know, or something like that. But this is our first hint of that idea of um, alternate timelines being created in Star Trek. Well, that's not true. It's not our first hint, but it's like a good example of it. (laughs) Well,
1: um, this is something actually I want to ask you is um, how would you distinguish this what is the difference between what we see here in yesterday's Enterprise and, say, the Mirror Mirror universe?
0: I think this is this is that. <laughs> this is the Next Generation's very original uh, response or homage to Mirror Mirror.
1: But the Mirror Mirror continues. The Mirror Mirror is ongoing. It never ends.
0: Right. I mean, but the Next Gen never did a Mirror Mirror...
1: No, A, it did not.
0: Episode, right? Uh, everything. I think everyone else has. has everyone done. else has. Right. Voyager. Uh, the, the, well, I don't know about Voyager, of, but I know I Enterprise know Voyager, either, and Deep Space 9, Nine did. Certainly did it. Right. It's fascinating that they would do it um, on the non, you know, on the non Enterprise show. But, I mean, well, no, Enterprise did it. Sorry, Enterprise did. it, Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think this is the. Next Generation's original and I'm very I have to say it's very original and that's what's exciting about it because you do think about Mirror Mirror but you also think what's uh, what's wonderful about this is that it's its own thing like Mm -hmm. this is a whole different thing and Yesterday's Enterprise I think is iconic because it shows us an alternate version of the Next Generation had the Next Generation been a war based Series? Could you imagine? I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how they would have maintained the production to do space battles every, you know, few well, episodes. Well, deep space maintain, nine. Yeah. You know? Well, it's true. The
1: last two seasons must have been bankbusters because there was basically every <laughs> other episode is a <laughs> every space episode is, battle.
0: Yeah, it's true, bankbusters. I like that. But my point is, is that yeah, it's it's definitely the next generation's mirror mirror, and I and I would say that yes, but they nailed it because it's very but original here's my and question. It's different. This
1: timeline or this alternate reality Well, let's just say It's, a, it's an alternate It's an altered it timeline
0: is, Right, it's an alternate reality It's another reality altogether It's another universe Does it continue? Yeah Okay Because when Tasha Leaves It goes on In another way they still have to contend with but, but, these
1: people, but but Tasha has a daughter that exists in in our reality. In the pro-
0: well, okay, I guess I would, I, would I have See, to look that, at it this See, that's where it way. gets very complicated because it <clears throat> yeah. does Cute. seem
1: like it it ends because it's like
0: what you said in in the. I mean, it's a very difficult. I see what concept. you mean. So right. you you visit the we visited the mirror universe, and it's the same in Enterprise, the same in TOS, the same in DS9. It's like this: there's a continuity; the universe continues. I think right. I think there are actually the, two different right, things. Yeah. Right. the The answer here is we just don't ever see the story of how this. We never go back to this. We'll call it Mirror Two. So this we'll continues it, on its own. It course. continues. We just never. We never see it again. It's not eradicated.
1: It's not like Back it's to a- the Future where it existed because obviously Marty and Doc
0: Brown remember it, but the timeline is cut off. What's really happening is that Guinan is the one that needs to get back to... If you, if you look at the episode, Guinan is displaced from her time. She's been somehow transported as a result of the anomaly. Her consciousness has gone to this universe. So why
1: doesn't Guinan <coughs> simply try to get back to the other one? Why, the, the, isn't the episode sort of saying, no, 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 we got to send them back so that this doesn't happen? Because that's the, the impression
0: I get. I think that's correct, but also it has to continue. It just it, Oh, maybe you're right. No, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's tricky. I don't have a degree in temporal mechanics. It's tricky. So I, I think. Well, I, I think there's a study. difference between the mirror yeah. mirror
1: universe, right, and everything other um, scenarios compa- that we see.
0: So to compare it to something else uh, in the DC universe, uh, in on do you watch this the Flash?
1: Yes, I've seen the Flash.
0: So there's Earth two, Earth three, Earth Correct. four, and so on, right? That is that's, an
1: excellent analogy.
0: Okay, so the mirror universe is that, like it's, it's like it's Earth, Earth two and fi- Earth one. It's fa- Earth five or whatever, whatever. right? Yeah. So what this is? What is this then? Like if that's this not is what this actually
1: is. time, like like what guidance says, time has changed. It's like what you explained mm-hmm. with the Kelvin so, universe, right? It suddenly everything changes. If somehow we could have sent the Narada back and had never come into the past, everything would have stayed the same. Hmm. But nobody did, so it keeps going. Kelvin keeps going. I go back to the example of Doc Brown in Back to the Future 2, which I think is still the best example of explaining how it works, is he's mm-hmm. drawing the chalk line. He's like, you know, if we don't fix it, then this 1985 will continue until it completely erases oh. everything that we know as 1985, 86, 87, 88. Da, 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 da. So that's why Guinness is so insistent. We've got to send this back. Otherwise, this timeline will overtake everything else I and it will just, sh- and it'll keep going. And um, so, I mean, who, I mean, maybe there's an argument so, yeah, I that guess the Kelvin universe needs to be
0: <laughs> obliterated. Well, that's my idea. Did I <laughs> did we talk about this on Starfleet Boy? William, Shat- that's a great way to get William Shatner. Spock screwed it up. Kirk has to fix it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Spock didn't screw it up. It's, it's no, Spock <laughs> didn't screw it up. If anybody screwed it
1: up, it was uh, no. No, maybe Jordy. <laughs> I don't oh know. yeah, because there's a, that's right. There's no yeah, or, or Data or something. But anyways, back to this episode. Um, I equally share in your uh, your absolute joy in seeing the redesigns uh, aboard the Enterprise and the the look of the bridge, the darker um, lighting, even in Picard's. Even in the, in the in the ready room, everything's darker. Uh, you will notice even in ten forward. You notice how ten forward seems much more chaotic,
0: right? It's, and, it, well, it's a mess hall instead, right? It's, like, it's
1: not really a lounge. It's more, more like a
0: lounge. It's like yeah. It's like totally. Right. Is that the C? This is the uh, Enterprise C, the MCC one seven zero one dash C, and. I love that it's a transitional design uh, between the um, original series and the next generation, uh, with more of the next generation uh, being evident here. The the designers, I love. um, I love the Enterprise C. I don't think it's like, you know. I think if they had more time, it would have developed a different way. But you can you can definitely see like. The secondary hull echoes the A. Yeah, absolutely. And and the uh, circular shape of the saucer section also is back to that, because we get, like, the D has that, you know, oval kind of shape to it. But you have the nacelles that are kind of like the previous generation of the current nacelles. um, And a lot of it echoes the D, like what would later become the D. You could you could especially see it in kind of like the back view there. The D has the the kind of um, uh, pylons that are lower. You know, they're more like the excelsiors pylons, whereas the A has those uh, diagonal kind of pylons. Hmm. It's a it's not my favorite design. I think uh, I would place of the enterprises that we know. I would place the Enterprise C as the very least of my favorites. Um, the A is the you know the the original, the refit and the A are my favorite design, um, followed by the E.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Then oh, I like the B and the D, kind of the same. The B is just like an Excelsior modified, but I've always been fond of that design. And then the C would be the last one. Oh wait. I hate the Enterprise J. <laughs> I I absolutely thought it's the ugliest. It, it doesn't deserve the, the name Enterprise. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the NX-01 is cool, but it's it's an NX series. It's not in the... I like the yeah, NX. Yeah, the NX is cool. Um, but, the J, the, but the J is just like not... Yeah, I don't even know what they're doing.
1: The uh, the the C the one seven zero one C is of course an ambassador class. Uh, mm-hmm. It was launched in twenty three thirty two, and it was launched under the command of, of uh, the captain that we see in the episode, which is uh, Rachel Garrett, and um, the uh, she was she uh, was actually she was actually distinguished. Uh, distinguished herself as a first officer on the USS Hood, according oh. to. Um, I'm I'm getting all this information from the uh, from this book, which I'll uh, showcase here. This is the Enterprise guy. This is the works. This is the manual of the Enterprise, and it's got a small section on the uh, on the C, which mostly what it does is it uh, sur- it just acts as a summary to um, to yesterday's Enterprise um, it seems like there was not much there was not much history to this Enterprise aside from what we saw
0: <laughs> so
1: it was obviously one of the shortest serving Enterprises uh, it says here when she was launched she was one of the largest ships Starfleet had ever built at 526 meters she was three quarters as long as the constitution class enterprise oh. and her deeper engineering hull gave her a significantly larger habitable volume than her immediate predecessor the Accessor class enterprise the B uh, she had 36 stacks and a crew of 530 um, yeah it gets very technical here but uh, as for the design, I, uh, I do... I You know what? I think the thing about the sea is that
0: we just... Oh, wow. That's great.
1: Look at that. Look at that comparison.
0: Fini- finish your thought there. Though. And we don't want to delve too deep into the realms of Trek Yards, which is a great YouTube channel that goes into really great detail about... Yeah. the ships of Star Trek which if you haven't seen trekyard's channel you should go check it out but yeah
1: I I do I do like the design of the sea I think it's just a question of uh, we just never really we didn't see her that much you know uh, mm-hmm. we only see her in this in this one episode and um, I don't know if she gets I don't know I don't know if she quite gets a beauty shot you know we're always talking about what what's
0: What's the beauty shot? You know, what's uh, like yeah, when like the Enterprise the, Z the, comes the, out of the the nebula and and for the D, it's that you know coming at the camera, uh-huh, from,
1: right? And, you know, and the, for the A, there. obviously coming out of space Dock. Every, sh- dark, every shot is a, a beauty no, shot. No,
0: every shot of the A is, is gorgeous. There's no <laughs> right. there's no shot you can't photograph that ship from any angle and not not be wonderful. I'm sorry. Right. I've never. Oh, is seen that the G
1: down there? Is that the one you're referring to?
0: No, so this I don't know where I, th- you know this is I didn't you know we're obviously doing this live so I just pulled this up it was okay. the first image I saw but that la- bottom but one is that, that that's that might the be... F and then the G but I think it's the Enterprise J in, in Enterprise. Enterprise okay yeah it's like even all further right. along or something it's like way out there but wow well, um, the this F design and the G design here I think are not not at all. Um, Canon, and frankly, just from the Profile view of them, I don't think They are worthy of the name Enterprise I think <laughs> Whoa. That's strong words, by the way No, I'm sorry, I think the Enterprise has to be A beautiful ship But um, the reason I did pull this up though, Is because it does show um, How big the uh, The sea is The The sea is Yeah, it's almost as big as the As, as the, the D, D. Mm-hmm. Look at that yeah, let me see if there's another here's another one. This one might be a little um, a little Oh this one it's shows still, a bunch of other Yeah. Well it's still quite
1: uh, quite large
0: this ambassador class. Right. Look at that. Wow. Let me try to make this as big as possible here for the, uh, the I audience. think I think but she's a
1: fine ship. I think she's a fine looking ship. I I I, I mean you you can see, like you said, the starting of the transition. Especially with the secondary hall, you know uh, that little the way it just curves upward, and um, you, you can see it being a, a cross between a stepping stone from the from the A to the D,
0: for sure. And definitely from the B. I mean, like you could see and here, the B. Well, yeah, the B.
1: You has can even that, see that curve. See yeah,
0: the. Um <laughs> You know the neck that connects the primary and secondary hull on the Excelsior has these like, you know, panel uh, like, whatever these grooves or whatever, and you can see that reflected in the design of the uh, the the Ambassador class here as well. There's a lot, yeah. It's it, I thought again, kudos once again, kudos to the production uh, for Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, for really, you know, this is really high high-level, not high-level, um, really thoughtful Mm -hmm. design and really thought, you know, like, this is why Star Trek, this is one of the things that if it's done really well, you don't notice it, it's subconscious, but it helps to make the show even more real. And if it's done really poorly, it's always noticed. And Star Trek always, in Next Generation DS9, has always done really well with, um, with that kind of thing, DS9 and Voyager. Voyager, we only really see the Voyager as, a, as an example of a Starfleet vessel, but, you know. And uh, what about the bridge for the, for the sea? Yeah, nice, uh, let's pull up a image of that, but again, nice echo or nod um, to, the, to movies. the older. To the movies, yeah. <laughs> and the uniforms, too. And the uniforms, which we love those uniforms. That's my that's my favorite uniform. No, so if right. I if I could afford a nice reproduction of that, I'd be wearing it to every one of these discussions <laughs> for sure of the of the jacket. Yeah,
1: um, as you're trying to bring up an image there, I think, uh, like I was saying, this is really the first episode that that I feel rewards long time viewers of Star Trek. I think there's just something. To make just about anybody who's a diehard hard Trekkie giddy with uh, with excitement over—I mean, I, I, you know—today's fandom world, you know, everybody's obsessed with Easter eggs, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I just—I came from—I just saw Gardens of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two today, and oh, I saw that a, too. Yeah, well, it's filled with Easter eggs galore for you know everybody that is aware of them. And certainly, yesterday's Enterprise has you know tons of little details like that that call back uh, the you know the looks of uh, Starfleet vessels from the movies. Uh, it shows progression from the movies to the D. Um, it adds to the the legacy of the name Enterprise. Certainly. Oh, here we go. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. So
0: here we have, uh, and again, you have the cool, the pre-L cars uh, displays back there that echo the. Uh, yeah, the, what you saw film, in the movies, right? The film era, and the uniforms. It's so nice to see those uniforms. They're missing the uh, collar, the white, you know, kind of ribbed collar, which I kind of minded, but it's okay. I mean, like you know. Uniforms progress also, so Right. Yeah, that that's one now, thing.
1: Now the helm stations look like the helm stations on um, the, next gen. On next gen, but but yet you have you know, with the railing and like you pointed out, the stations back there. That could be the set of the reliant, you
0: know. Right. Or or yeah. any, you know, it's more. I feel like uh, Star Trek six. You know, it definitely has that Star Trek five and six vibe to it, too. But yeah,
1: I was thinking two and three just because of the the darkness of the mm. of the of the bridge set, um, That's true. and you know, I, I think uh, I think I think that was cool. And then getting to getting to see another. Enterprise Captain. I mean, uh, wh- wh- oh, yeah. wh- wh- what are your thoughts on Captain Garrett?
0: Very cool. I would have liked to. <coughs> she's. It's sad that she's, she yeah. she <laughs> like dies, yeah. and they're all do, it's a doomed mission. But it's a doomed mission, indeed. I think she's uh, she's definitely. It's cool because we don't have a series. We're never gonna get an Enterprise C or Enterprise B series because. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we will, but it's unlikely that we'll get that. And I'd rather go. As you know, I'm very adamant about yeah, keep going. going
1: forward, always yeah. forward.
0: But if we did have to go back, uh, instead of Discovery, I, <laughs> I would almost would love to go to this era. And I was actually kind of hoping when the original, the early rumors about a Star Trek series came out, there was and Nicholas Mayer was involved. I was like, are. Could they possibly going be going to the film era? I mean there's so much to explore that isn't explored. And actually that is like a great time to go into because you wouldn't mess with the next generation too much, but you definitely wouldn't mess with the original series. Right. And there's room and there's room for like technology, like especially if you did the Enterprise C, I would be more willing to accept a retcon of that technology than I am of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like yeah. discovery is going to be so high production. <laughs> they're not going to match. I doubt they're going to go out of their way to match the look and feel of the original series. Mm,
1: probably not. Yeah. No, I. I, right. I mean. I mean, certainly on Enterprise, the show, they did they did their damn best to. You know. There were a lot of
0: buttons. There are a lot I of I was buttons. actually you know yeah. I was actually not displeased with it. The things like animated screens and stuff like that I accepted because I was like, well, you know, we're in the we're in the year 2000 whatever and we have that stuff. So Star Trek didn't predict everything that we would have, you know what I mean? Right, of course. So considering that I was like it's okay for Enterprise to have these things like and I thought when they remastered um, the original series, there are instances, if I'm not mistaken, where some of the background things are slightly animated and stuff like that, not taking away too much from the original production value. There's a there's like a balance you have to take into mind preserving the actual production of the show when you're remastering a series and updating it to be more believable as well, you know? Absolutely. And I thought and I thought that's why the remastering of the original series was so good because I think it does. It does that. And but but I don't know. We'll see. I mean I I want to I really want to, you know, limit my speculation on Star Trek Discovery because there is such a limited amount of information out there. Yeah, like it's yeah, all yeah, gotta, it's all we're all just speculating, you know. And right. so I but think back, it's going to be worth it back to, to see this episode, what, what happens. Um, yeah.
1: certainly the the uh like I was saying, it's an episode that rewards longtime viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 you hadn't watched the first season of Next Generation, you know you wouldn't know who Tasha Yar was. Uh, right, Tasha was a character who who really goes unremarked. Um, I mean, her sister will show up, but I guess she hasn't shown up yet in in the series. But uh, she's a character that. You know, if you didn't watch the first uh, thirteen. By or, the
0: way, who plays her sister? She's a really great actress.
1: Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, she she was a known actress of television at the time. Uh, but seeing Tasha was 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 quite. I mean, I remember that was that was cool. Yeah. You know, um, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of fans, always felt cheated out of not having had more. Of Tasha on Next Generation, uh, and I think uh, our reviews of of the first season echo that. And um, I think this was a great way to get her back. I think uh, I think you got to... Uh, you know that she had a great part in it, and and I, I think Denise Crosby rose to the challenge uh, very well of of stepping back into. Uh, the role of Tasha, and, and making, and, and like you said, you know, having a more meaningful death, you know, the right, second time around. Meaningful. A more, yeah.
0: And and she, uh, seeing, again, another delightful thing for fans, because seeing Tasha kind of, you know, like a bittersweet moment there, um... Where you're, you can't help but think, like, of all the. It's just cool, you know. It's like having a, I don't know how to, what the, I, the, the words escape me, but it was a bittersweet. The, there's a lot of emotion seeing her, there because. <clears throat> you know the resolution is. You know you as the audience know. Oh yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> like they're not gonna keep going. Like the show's not gonna keep going like this. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a resolution at the end, and you can't help but think, well, if everything's restored, that means Tasha's gone. So, I love that the solution here, and you know, guided by Guinan's insistence, is that she does do something different, you know, this time, and and it's it's an it's a neat it's a neat second chances kind of thing. That's what I was trying to. Yeah, because her say. her death like,
1: in in Skin of Evil was so empty. It was so sudden and and meaningless, really. I mean, uh, and I think that was the nature. I mean, that's what they wanted. That was what they were trying to go for is that, you know, it was something quick, sudden, wasn't very heroic. It, it was just like, boom, here today, gone tomorrow. Right. And that was the intention. And then to have an opportunity to go back and give her a second death, uh, <laughs> sort of speak, uh, is, is something very unique. And, the girl
0: uh, the girl who dies uh, that would be her uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess she has a
1: maybe she has a Rory quality there yeah
0: uh, cool. there is a Rory quality there yeah and so uh, here she is um, great to see Denise Crosby different hairstyle a little bit different Tasha you know but it's a season three Tasha if she had it's a season around, three Tasha
1: if we had she would have
0: this is this is what yeah. season three would have been like it's also fascinating to think of what season one and season two of this Star Trek would have been like, mm-hmm. you know, like up until this point, you know, like what happened, you know, it's kind of it's kind of a, a, cool. Well, it's, it's worth cool pointing thing. out.
1: Um, obviously, Wharf is not there. Right? That's one of the big changes. Well, yeah, that's huge. You always, yeah, yeah that's it, it, it's like oh wait, Wharf is not there, um, and it's it's her. Tasha's relationship with Castillo, I think, is is one of the highlights of the episode. And, you know, she, she was very reserved and kind of, you know, no-nonsense when she was there. And and you see a, a general softening of her. And, you know, even in, this, in the situations of the actual show, season one, where obviously you weren't at war with the Klingons, uh, she was a bit, you know, she was a bit hard-edged. But, um, but here you see a general softening of her attitudes towards Castillo and, uh, you know, you, you see the, the seeds of, of some, something that could have become a romance if it had been allowed to, to continue and flourish between those two, which, which I think is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a nice thing for the character. Um, Uh, The other relationship that I think is worth noting uh, that comes to the fore in this episode is, of course, the relationship between Picard and Guinan. Um, Mm -hmm. We see a very... We see a a subtly different Picard. We see a Picard... We see a war Picard. We see a Picard hardened by constant combat. Um, And we see a Picard who when Guinan comes to him and says that this is not right uh, I, I think you see some, uh, Picard that's a little a little harsher with her mm-hmm. but nonetheless whatever connection they have is still very strong in this in this timeline which I think is worth noting Right. so whatever bonds them Bonds them across... It, it
0: seems to transcend. It seems even. to transcend. It, it, it's it's
1: happened. Mm-hmm. Regardless, that has not changed. And, you know, there are very few people that can just march into Picard's ready room and say, you need to do this, and you need to do it right now. And, and Guinan does not back down. Guinan is not someone who is unsure or questions herself. She is adamant. She is like, this Mm -hmm. is not right. And, and I find that I find their exchange to be very interesting. Um, you know, we continue to, to, their relationship. I I think we were, we were talking one night about, um, how now we're going back to Dr. Who, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the character of River Song got ruined to a certain extent because you know Moffat just decided to, you know, explain everything about her. She was much more interesting, which was more enigmatic. And I think we made the comparison to Gynen. You know, look at Gynen. Gynen mm-hmm. remains an enigma uh, right. now, twenty years after the show is over, and her last appearance was on Generations. No, actually, Nemesis. But uh, her. Her really uh, contribution of note was, of course, in Generations, was the last one, and uh, and she continues to be the most enigmatic character
0: in uh, in Star Trek
1: in in Star Trek Next Generation, and it's right. because we don't know everything; we just get little hints, little you know, little bits of information, just enough. For you to understand that there's something there, but you don't quite know what it is, and and I really find it fascinating her relationship with Picard. There,
0: y- yeah, and 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 I think that's why she works so well. And you know, this is something that I think, I think there is a degree of uh, maturity and intelligence in the showrunners who decide to have characters like this. Not everything has to be explained. You know, things can be left to the imagination. And if I'm and, and I would argue that that is something that keeps the fire of a show alive because look, 20 years some odd years late, 30 years now almost. Uh later, uh we're still talking about. It. <laughs> you know, it's like it it's not just a moment that's passed and how many series can have char- how many characters can can have that kind of power over an audience or, or fans or whatnot, you know. So, and Gaiden, you see it all the time in the in the uh, cosplay uh, world. There's so many great Gaiden. Well, oh, she's uh, got cosplay. so many great hats <laughs> and so many great. She's right.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, you know, I, I think Gaiden is one of the. I think you know the fact that obviously, you know, she wasn't in, in every episode. Uh You know, Whoopi Goldberg's schedule did not allow for that, and I think that was a plus in some ways. I think if we'd gotten too much of Guinan, the character may have spoiled a bit. Uh, watching an episode like yesterday's Enterprise, you realize what a great character she is, but you can only have her sparingly. You know, mm-hmm. you can't over you can't overdo a character like that, and 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 Goldberg's. Uh, she nailed this performance almost from the get go. I mean there's Oh, I
0: know. It's great.
1: I mean, you realize how many times has she played it? And yet I mean, what are what are her what are well, her models? Knows. What are what is she comparing herself to? I mean, the rest of the cast, you could say, well, you know, I think of Kirk, I think of McCoy. What is Goldberg Guinan's thinking totally, of? Guinan's completely yeah, original. Gainen totally is
0: that's an interesting thing. I bet there are interviews out there. I'd love to. I'd love to know. But um, I bet there's a lot of Whoopi Goldberg in Guinan because I sometimes is it called The View? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I watch that. I sometimes watch it, and when I see Whoopi Goldberg get serious about like you know uh, an issue of politics or like something that requires her to not necessarily be a comedian Uh it's it's Guinan (laughs) yeah so I wonder if I wonder how much of Whoopi Goldberg there is in that of of her non-entertainer side you know so anyways the, the great points all around interesting thing here about you might already know this the new timeline in the novel Vulcan's Heart, uh, they kind of explain what happens to Tasha and Castillo. Uh, and it's really tragic. Castillo, the ten remaining uh, surviving crew members of the Enterprise C are actually captured by the Romulans. Right. And Castillo's brutally murdered. And then Tasha becomes the concubine. consort or concubine of. Right. Uh, one of the generals and and has and that's how Sila is born mm-hmm. um, right, mm-hmm. right.
1: Um, well that so, story is told I believe in next generation
0: it is also told I but I don't remember how much of it but we will get to that in what is it redemption no no
1: I think even before we get no, I think it's, we even get, bef- wait, Redemption is the Klingon Civil War? Is it? We we get to her story eventually, next season, I think.
0: It's going to be Redemption because, uh, hold on a second, I think that's the next one with uh, Denise Crosby in it. Well, when we get there, we'll know. <laughs> right, and we'll
1: be there to talk about it, yes. We'll be there to talk um, about it. Uh, for we were talking about the Enterprise C before. There's a novel called uh, The Well of Souls, which Ooh. is uh, one of those Lost Era books, and it deals with uh, with Garrett. Um, it actually deals with Rachel Garrett before she was even aboard the Enterprise. It, um, it deals with. Um, no, no, it does. No, she, no, no, it does deal with her uh, aboard the uh, aboard the Enterprise, I guess. It's either aboard the Enterprise or aboard the or the ship she was on before. Actually, I have to confess, I haven't read it, so I'm not sure. But it may be um, one of the early one of the earliest adventures of the Enterprise C. And I, I think um, you know the the actors that they got to portray Castillo, especially. He's, he's a very very good actor, and Garrett, um, you know they uh, they stick in the mind. You know they're memorable. They're, they're not memorable on screen characters for yeah. very long, and and they're of course competing with the regular cast and of course Gaiden. Uh, so for them to stand out, and you want Tasha. you
0: want to know you want to. Because of them, you want... It's a cool thing because it kind of... Int- it's like our introduction to the Enterprise C crew. And you want to know them. You, I, right. I at least wanted to know them. I right. did feel like, yeah, I wonder what they did before. It. Like, what were some of the other adventures? Right. And what an interesting moment in Federation history because we know that, like... it you know, the events of peace with the Klingons get started in Star Trek Six, but we then learn that it actually takes a long time before it's truly solidified. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of conflict, especially with, you know, the Romulans are probably taking advantage. And you do get the impression of this with Romulan Ambassador nonclus In being, Star Trek Six uh, In yeah. Star Trek Six and being involved and in kind of like with the conspirators, you know. So the Romulans want to keep it destabilized as much as possible and this event the enterprise c aiding klingons in a battle against the romulans is what kind of you know pushes the the you know the pendulum so to speak or you know causes the pendulum to swing the other way where the klingons are now like all right maybe the federation are in fact our allies and are interested in you know peace and then i'm sure you know Obviously, and we see that because removing the Enterprise C from her time creates an alternate timeline in which there, it's just a bitter war, you know, between the Federation and the Klingons. Very yeah. fascinating, and the Romulans on top of that. So. Right.
1: And, and and I will say that um, uh, the crew of the Enterprise. I mean, just I mean, really, we only got to know two, Garrett and Castillo. Those two seem to make more of an impression. Or, or rather make a better impression on me than the B. You know, the captain on the B is a bit of a of a letdown to say the least. Oh,
0: okay, come on, C- poor Captain Harriman. I mean, you have your first your the launch of your ship and the, the and the delegation that comes aboard is the great Captain Kirk. I mean, I would be shitting my pants. If I had to deal with that too, so I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. But does he go on? Like, do we get yeah, more? Yeah, of course he goes on. Yeah, they all go on. Uh, so I'm sure he becomes a great captain in his own. I don't know right. about that, but, uh, I'm, but well, right. maybe.
1: But I'm not as interested as as the I captain was. Ra-
0: you're right. Rachel Garrett exudes confidence. I mean, she does. She really does. Like a, yeah.
1: The actress did, did a great job, and the guy who plays Castillo, who's done a lot of other stuff uh, outside of Star Trek also is great, and um, you know, I, I mean, again, I think you really hit all all of the high points of the show. Obviously, the production design um, was stellar in, in the, you know, showing the changes between one timeline and the other. Um, I think all of the actors pretty much well, it was mostly Picard and, I feel, Picard and Riker who demonstrated a, a shift a slight shift, subtle shift in their character. I mean, you know, Wesley and Data really didn't have much to do. Uh, of course, we did see them in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and of course, you know, the star of the show is is, is Goldberg as is, as is Yeah, she's great. Uh, without great a episode. character, without her, the show would have would have sunk. And you know, again, I say it's a it's a reward. It's it's rewarding. It's a gutsy move. It's a gutsy move to do an episode like that because it's really rewarding. Uh, longtime fans. It's not. You know, if if you were to come across this episode, we forgot that Riker dies just before the just Enterprise before. Burns. Well, the, the right. implications <laughs> that they're all going to die.
0: That's right. So yeah, actually, Let the, that's what happens. Can Wait, you say the, Can you say the line again?
1: One of the best lines in all of Next Generation.
0: Let history never forget the name Enterprise. Isn't that what it is?
1: That's that, if there's ever a Picard moment,
0: that, <laughs> that is. An, that is a great moment. That's
1: one of the best. That is the full Picard right there. So, uh, wait, as you but like there's to say. the
0: answer. We we forgot this in our complicated discussion about mm-hmm. whether or not the timeline continues. Yes, it does continue sans the Enterprise because the Enterprise D gets destroyed in that timeline. So they, they so the the timeline continues, but it's not important to us because the D's gone. That's it. They all, it's a reversal of fortunes, if you will, uh, in a way. Because by sending, by holding off the uh, uh, Klingon attack, so that the Enterprise. But C wouldn't Gynen be
1: alive? But wouldn't there be? But see, that's the thing.
0: Gynen's consciousness that- transcends that. Destruction, and so she can actually. But why remember is she so
1: insistent? Why doesn't she just accept? Well, in this timeline, I die, but I'm alive in the
0: other. Because she, because because to her, it's more than it's an important. But she can't else. survive and, in all the timelines. Well, one could argue that that the fate. So the anomaly has some other repercussions. I think Picard agreed to let Tasha go through because he knew. That history recorded the Enterprise C as being destroyed. He couldn't have, there was no way he could have known that she would survive. And not only would she survive, but it comes back to haunt them later on. And then Gaiden is important. And Gaiden's important later too, because she has to explain, if I'm not mistaken, she has to explain how the hell did that happen.
1: Because she's the only one with a memory of both
0: timelines. And that's why she has to, that's why she knows what the right. But that's is, what I'm saying. I don't
1: think the timeline continues. I think the timeline continues. No, it ends.
0: continues, but Sans the Enterprise. That's my, that's my, it has to continue. It's an alternate timeline. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, we just never go back to it because there's nothing interesting. But there then what, it what is it, it
1: about? Okay, then there's always been a Guinan on that ship. Has that Guinan always said there's something wrong here? No. That Guinan would have just been part of the timeline. She would not have had she any reference know, to the other
0: to what we see she, every week. She didn't know because there's two consci- there's two memories that she has, and she says it in the episode. She says, "I know that this is right, but I also know that this. You know what I mean? Like she knows. I know that I well, know how Well, she didn't say I it's came. right. She just says that she no, but she knows else. that she knows that this is real. But that this is, you know, in that argument with Picard. It's a little it's a little complicated.
1: I I, I, but, I think the timeline is eradicated. I don't know.
0: I think it's, I, I'm going to go back, I'm going to back pedal on my agreement. Folks, and comment below. Yeah, we'd love to know, do you think the yesterday's Enterprise timeline uh, is eradicated or is it just that it's not important because the Enterprise D is destroyed? So essentially that's my argument.
1: See, this is why it's a ten, man. This is why this episode's a ten. This is why we can argue it's this. Very compu- this until, yeah, there's a yeah, lot of yeah. There's a lot of meat to this episode uh, to discuss. Um, I love this episode.
0: <laughs> it's such, so. What does the book say about it? Oh God, the book. I
1: forgot about the book. I would think I would mark the page with some kind of uh, bookmark, knowing. All right, insert. Uh,
0: Attention, all hands. As you know, we could outrun the Klingon vessel, but we must protect the Enterprise C until she enters the temporal rift, <laughs> and we must su- and we must be successful or no, and we must succeed. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Picard out. That's the whole line. <laughs> Accidentally delivered. Um, this is interesting. No. The episode
1: is directed by David Carson, who's one of the best directors of Star Trek. Right,
0: directs the generations, right? now.
1: Right. Um, the, the The story has many... <laughs> is credited to many people. Uh, Ira Stephen Bear, Richard Manning, Hans Milmer, Ronald D. Moore... Trent Christopher and Eric Stillwell. Um, it would take
0: that many people to come up with such a great episode though. <laughs> like, so I can see that well
1: it says in spite of the multitude of writing credits which suggests a patched together episode the show is continually cited as one of the most popular and most powerful um, apparently the staff didn't think that it was going to work
0: <laughs> because Ooh. it was
1: written by committee and rushed <laughs> Uh wow, rushed in just 3 days. My gosh. What?
0: That's yep. amazing.
1: Um this was necessary because Whoopi Goldberg and Denise Crosby's schedules made them unavailable during the original time and the original uh time that they were going to film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they had to rush this episode. Um Yeah, it says most of the writers are not happy with the script. Um they thought it was going to be horrible because they didn't... <laughs> because they didn't like having to do it in three days, basically.
0: That's um, amazing. It's, it's unbelievable to me that such a great episode. The tale, you know, the idea actually
1: began as the... the apparently, it, it the initial idea was just that the Enterprise-C comes forward in time and the decision was whether or not Picard would reveal their fate to them before sending them back. Oh, okay. Um
0: did you know that so they show Riker's death, but they didn't film this, but they were originally gonna have Wesley be decapitated? <laughs> That's awfully cruel. And Data Electrocuted was part of the gruesome uh, ending of the Enterprise-D.
1: My gosh, really?
0: (laughs) That's what Memory Alpha says on its production notes.
1: Huh. Yeah, apparently. uh, Wow. You know what? There is a lot...
0: A lot of notes. Um, a lot of notes. Episode. I
1: just recommend, ladies and gentlemen, buy the book. Uh, I'm <laughs> it's not out gonna, of print.
0: Although I think you can get it from the very name of Six Amazon. Yeah, he has an yeah. Amazon store, and I think you can uh, get it. There.
1: There's a lot of stuff here. Um, I will I will say that it says here that uh, there was a rewrite. Um, apparently it was Michael Piller who sharpened Ganon's role in the incident. And uh, Ronald Moore contributed the Yard-Castillo romance. Uh, Moore also stated that time constraints cut his own plans for a longer, bloodier ending for the alternate Enterprise-D, in which Data was electrocuted and Wesley's head blown off, mm-hmm. uh, as you just alluded to. Um, that,
0: remi- that reminds me, the music was so good um, in this episode, too. They mentioned Dr. Solar. And oh, sickbed, they, they have. That's they call right. her. That's right. You're right. Right,
1: she's paged. <laughs> As is Lieutenant Barrett, a homage to Gene Roddenberry's wife, Majel Barrett.
0: Oh, interesting. That reminds me. Uh, when we get to our Star Trek 4 discussion, uh, Doctor Ben Dover is summoned on the. You never noticed that, did you? No. It's uh, <laughs> on the pager. It's. Paging Doctor Ben Dover. Really? <laughs> yeah. I never knew that.
1: hmm Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot here. This is one of the reasons to get this book, is is um is for all the information all the info. that's in here, uh, which, uh, you know, um, if I may, uh, plug a. Th- 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 that book and um, at the time there was a magazine called Cinema Cinema Fantastique or Cinema I forget what it was called but um, Cin-
0: Cinetastic no I don't remember but Cin- I know what you're talking about
1: that one remember and of course mm-hmm. Starlog they, Star they, Log. they would have so many so much great info about about these episodes
0: and the official Star Trek magazine which by the way I never really talking. read
1: I- Starlog um, I never read I it. Have
0: I'm gonna step away for a second. Okay, really all right. Do, but keep talking.
1: Okay, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there, there's a lot of great little tidbits in in uh, material that's uh, that's out of print, like uh, that book, and uh, it's worth tracking down. Uh, Emma in Chicago got me some magazines that, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say this: I was it was one day I was riding in a train, I was reading a magazine from. Oh, So oh, this is, a, I think it only what comes out like
0: four, I think it's only four times a year, but it's the official Star Trek magazine.
1: Oh, yes, it is still in print. Yeah. It's like volume it's three already of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> My mic just fell. Yowzers. Yowzers. Um, it is worth tracking down these magazines, especially the older ones. You had some great materials in there.
0: Uh... I, st- I think reading magazines is still great. I mean, I know there's digital versions of everything, but there's something nice about... Yeah,
1: oh, there certainly is.
0: There certainly about is. About actually reading it, yeah.
1: So, well, we've already rated it. It's a 10.
0: I know. We, yeah, it's a 10. This episode's definitely a 10. Uh, th- anything else? I guess there's a lot, you know about this episode, but really, I think...
1: No, I think we've covered everything. Covered I mean, everything, the performances, yeah. performances, so uh...
0: We really uh, love this episode. We'd love to hear what you, audience, uh, think of this episode. You can write to us at starfleetboy at com. Doctor, do you have a... a Twitter or anything like that? No. <laughs> If you want to write to the doctor, send me an email and I'll forward it to him. I don't know if you want. (laughs) Uh, You can also comment below on our YouTube, and we want to thank uh, everyone who has been commenting and is engaged uh, with the show. We really appreciate the comments because we're not always—we're definitely not always, uh, you know, fully uh, versed in versed in the the minutiae and the details and so we really love it when we're we find out something we didn't know or even know when we were wrong and we're proven wrong so uh, it's always it's always a great <laughs> thing so, one thing I, I um, will
1: mention maybe it's worth mentioning maybe it's not but um, when I was recently in Chicago I was watching um, is it H H T T V or H I T V Heroes and Icons H-
0: Oh, I don't know what that is.
1: It's not me TV, but it's it's something H something, and they have basically this block where they start showing the original Star Trek, and Next Generation, and then Deep Space Nine, and then mm-hmm. Voyager, and then Enterprise. That's the evening. Wow! Right, and I've noticed that the Next Generation is pretty it's much
0: like it's aligned with us. It's
1: somewhat aligned with us, you and I think I think that. we are maybe. See that's the thing. We might be perfectly aligned with it because obviously we're doing these way ahead of time. So to me, they're slightly off. But I think <laughs> that by by the time you post them, I think they're kind of aligned.
0: Well, oh, hopefully, uh, yeah.
1: So I think we'll I, I think that going. there are probably people who are watching Next Generation on that, and then maybe going tuning on, into our yeah, show. tuning into our show. You know, so I think that's oh, cool. that's
0: yeah. If that's the case, we'd love to know yeah. as well, but. Um yeah, I think uh I think that was it that's it. Another great great discussion with you, Doctor. I really appreciate you joining me today and uh
1: I'm happy for you to have me here. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Uh,